Tigers Avenue, Friday night, obviously a little bit different setup, Zach, because I'm present here with you in South Lake, Mississippi, have some business to attend to here this weekend, so doing the show together here, Zach, how are you feeling on, on this fantastic Friday night? Uh, I'm excited because I am no longer working, so I'm excited to be here, excited to discuss all this LSU news. Unfortunately, we we have kind of some, uh, I would call it annoying news, maybe disappointing news that we have to discuss here at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it is some disappointing news. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I can mute that while you're talking so we don't have any back play there. But I have my sound off, so I don't know why it's doing that. So I apologize, everyone. I'll try to work on figuring out how to get that to stop while Zach's talking so we don't have any back and forth there. Um, Yeah, some disappointing news uh, indeed. Um, Unfortunately, you know, the the stuff we talked about last week has to be brought up again, but it it is what it is, and we'll discuss it. Um, And new stuff. and, And some, yeah, and some new stuff. Uh, that has developed that uh, I, I don't know, Zach. I, I don't know what to think about it. I, I don't know what to make of it. Um, but but we'll discuss it. Uh, some stuff went down last night on on social media and whatnot with uh, Brian Kelly and his spouse. Um, so we will we will get to that as well. Obviously, tonight we're going to discuss the South Carolina LSU game that is going down in Columbia this Sunday. More important than the Super Bowl, in my opinion. More important than the Super Bowl. I agree. Uh, just just what I think. That's my personal opinion. I, I think most people in Louisiana and most LSU fans would agree that to, to us, we're, we care a little bit more about this game than the Super Bowl, maybe. So, and we might talk about the Super Bowl briefly, maybe. It's not as exciting, but it is what it is. Um, so, Zach, the court stuff um, with the name of the court. Obviously, Board of Supervisors met. Uh, the issue was renaming it um, to. Dale Brown, Sue Gunter Court. A lot of people had problems with it because they felt it was like like it was a little bit disrespectful to Dale. Uh, you gave it to him, and a year later, you uh, and, and I, I mean, you brought him out onto the court. You revealed his name in front of a sold out crowd. You know, I get where some people are coming from, but I feel like all this is a little bit too much like i just i don't understand uh the i don't know drama around it zach like i I don't get it i think that the reason there's been such a big fuss about it is that one side has come you know pushed heavily for their name also to be included and i think that's a reason why there has been this back and forth and two-sided thing going on. And obviously there was discussion of removing Dale Brown's name, which we obviously opposed and were completely against. Uh, um, and luckily, you know, we, we discussed last week that we wanted to see a 
dual and dual name court. If you're gonna honor both of them, then do it. Do both. You know, don't take one away after you just did all that you did for him, uh, Dale Brown, and and then do everything for Sue Gunter. Like it doesn't make any sense to do that whatsoever. The only thing that made sense for this situation was either to leave it as it is. You honor Dale Brown, so leave it as it is. He's done a lot for the program. As you mentioned last week, he hasn't done anything um, to to hurt uh, or damage uh, LSU and his name. And so why would you remove his name? You know, so the logical thing would be to add to Sue Gunter and honor her. Um, and we even mentioned it, it didn't have to be the court. It could be something different, you know, honoring a facility after her or whatever. Um, and so they have decided that this is the route that they are going to go. They are going to have a jointly named, I don't know if I said that right, jointly, <laughs> they're going to have a, the court named by both of them. And so, you know, that's what we um, are looking for with this vote. Me and Reagan have reiterated this a lot with this situation. I honestly don't care. Um, if if you're not winning ball games, um, then what's the point, right? I am all for, um, you know, sharing uh, the in the honor with between Sue and Dale Brown. Um, to be blunt, neither one of them brought us a championship. Um, and I don't see why there is so much fuss over these two individual names being honored when, quite frankly, um, there is other people at LSU that have had more success um, and have meant more to LSU um, and, and have done more for LSU than these two people and that that seems harsh and it seems blunt but that's the that's just the fact of the matter yeah i, I mean i i gotta agree with you i i don't see the big deal about it i mean i get you want to honor the guy and you don't want to i i don't know i don't know the word like dilute that in any way you know yeah. i get it i get it but I don't see a problem in honoring both. And I've seen it a lot lately. And I got to agree, Zach. Like, it, it may not be long until it may be a discussion. We, we might need to rename it to Kim Mulkey Court. Like, it, it, you know, it may not be that long uh, until that happens. So I, I don't know in the grand scheme of things if it really matters. I, I mean, just being honest. I'm with you. Um, you know, but uh, – I, I don't see any problem with it. You've honored Dale Brown. You'll honor Sue Gunter. Move forward. What What does it matter? Uh, I, I get like where they're coming from, but I don't. I don't think it's as important or that big an issue that they're drumming it up this much. Like people are going back and forth, and, and you know, somebody asked Kim Mulkey about it, and she was, she essentially was like, you know, I it may be better for Bob Starkey to come and comment on it because he coached with both of them, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I, you know, I, I don't see a problem with it. Uh, they're both their names are on the court. It looks like that's where it's headed. Um, but, you know, maybe some of the, the, the people in the chat can, can give us their thoughts on that. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but for me, all I care about is, what's happening currently yeah. and we have an undefeated women's team right now who's playing the number one team in the country Sunday and we care a little bit more about that than the name of the court to be quite honest so why allow something like this to dilute what is going on I'll tell you what what is actually going on the right. court right now I'll tell you what Zach the what we have learned I mean in recent years is the Baton Rouge media. I just like, it is so toxic. Toxic. I, good grief. Like what, what does it matter? Anyways. So uh, some more Zach on, on Baton Rouge media. 
Um, last night, it's just embarrassing. Like that's what I think it looks like. Like all of this is embarrassing for LSU, and I don't think it does any good for. No, LSU. It, it it does nothing it's, positive for LSU. Like no. LSU fans, we we complain about how you know there is a national narrative that is mostly negative towards LSU and uh, and biased against LSU. But a lot of the damage is done to the, you know, a lot of the damage is done to ourselves. Like, uh, and, and as you mentioned, some of that has to do with the media uh, in Baton Rouge. Uh, just shedding light in areas that really don't need to be shed. And I get it, like, if you're in the media, that's a part of your duty is reporting and, and journaling. You know, journalism. I mean, I was in the journalism department in co- in college for for a few a couple of years. Like, I completely understand that. But there is other things that you can do in journalism besides report things that are negative and only hurt um, the brand. Like, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I understand reporting like big things. You know. Like when a coach is fired, obviously you have to report that. Yeah. You know, when when a when an important player, you know, is dealing with an off the field situation, um, you know, it can be reported, but you know, we see a lot of times where, you know, there isn't details in depth that are shared uh per the media. You know, now right. obviously things are found out through other sources outside of the media. Um, obviously, we know this from this past, uh, you know, from this offseason with Kayshawn Booty. Yeah. Something happened off the field that was relating to a star player. There wasn't great details shared at all in the media. There were things that were passed around. That's fine. That's I think that's a way to do it. But, yeah. you know, there is a lot in journalism. There's a lot of places that you can go to find content. There's a lot of avenues that you can chase um, to get content. Um, I, I think the court, while it is something that needs to be reported, uh, I think, and, and I don't think you know Baton Rouge media has necessarily made um, the court situation a bad situation. I think people from both parties have made it this way. Um, but when it comes to what happened last night, with BK getting divorced and it being reported that BK was intending to divorce his wife after being married 28 years. Um, listen, that, that doesn't, you don't need to get into details on that. Um, and I understand why some people would want to know, but listen, you're dealing with a human being who has a life outside of your viewing pleasure. Right. Um, and some things, Absolutely. Are needed to be kept personal. Um, obviously, you know, with with me, I have dealt with some of that situation, uh, and that kind of hits close to home for me. I was in a situation where I was in a position of prominence, and I, I promise you it wasn't fun to be in that situation and having all that known and, and going about it. And from what we understand, um, there was a court document that had been filed um, that Brian Kelly had initiated a desire to divorce his wife. They reconciled and have planned to since remove uh, that documentation. Okay, great. That should be personal. Like, if it, if it had gone final, I understand like it being reported, but the fact that it was reported and it had not gone finalized, that's my problem with the situation. Why are you reporting on something that has not been finalized? That is one of the key factors in reporting, in journalism, is fact-checking, making sure that this is, is confirmed, you know, and you report something that was spotty at best. Immediately after it's reported, you have the kids coming back and going, nope, nope, everything's fine. And maybe there was issues, 
but they had worked on it to reconcile. And now you just shed bad light on something that had been resolved that was completely unnecessary to report. Again, I get it being in journalism and being reporting. I just think sometimes we need to be held to higher standards. Yeah, I don't. I get that Brian Kelly, with the position that he has, puts himself in the public eye. And there's no question about that. Um, But it doesn't have to go like we don't have to get in the man's marriage or involved with his kids or anything like that. I just don't like the way that was approached, the way it was reported. Um, I, I mean, I agree with everything that you said. I, I don't see personally, I don't see the reason regardless, like final or, or not, like what does it matter that he is, is, getting a divorce or having marital problems, like that's a personal issue. And Reagan, are you there? Am I back in? Yes, you're back in. So I hate it for him that, you know, maybe something was going on between him and his wife, you know, that, you know, Personally, I hate that for him, you know, and, and I hope that what is what was said is true, that they've reconciled and and things are OK. I hope that for him on, on a personal level. But when it comes to him being a coach, it has nothing to do with it, yeah. like has absolutely nothing to do with it whatsoever. And, and people are going to say, Reagan, well, it affects his coaching. OK, do- I mean, maybe so. And it probably could, you know what I mean? I think what it is, Zach, I mean, if you want me to be brutally honest, what it is is LSU just went through what they went through with Ed Orgeron, and it was so bad and so ugly. And that was one of the things is he divorced his wife. Now you're seeing pictures with him with young women everywhere, and and it was a PR disaster. Like, it became – you know, to the point where it was like casting a bad image on the university. Like what he was doing was casting a bad image on the football program, on the university. Like, you know, and we also had sexual misconduct issues going on as well at the at the university that needed to be resolved. And, you know, all of that stacked together with Ed Orgeron be, getting a divorce and posting pictures with women and whatnot, like all this, like that's a horrible thing. And so the immediate reaction of the media when they hear Brian Kelly's getting divorced probably stems from that. And, and I get that. But again, you don't hold that over Brian Kelly's head because what happened with Ed Ordron happened with Ed Ordron. What happened with Brian Kelly and his wife has nothing to do with that. And we've got to be able to make a divide there to, to separate the two instances and, and not put something, put light onto something that may not need it. Um, So the way that was handled, I think was really bad. And again, like majority, and I'm, you know, if I'm speaking out of turn, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but majority of Baton Rouge media are LSU fans and, and, and care about the football program and want them to win and be successful and, guys, if you want to bring good recruits in and you want your football program to be good, don't report things that did are you, to hurt your the, the, the image of your program, you, especially if it's personal and has nothing to do with the actual football program. And it wasn't received well by the recruits. I don't know if you saw, but there was a few recruits last night that tweeted about it, and they were like, hey, this is not it. Like, I know Taylor. Avion Galloway was like, hey, like, you shouldn't be reporting this. Yeah. Uh, first off, you're wrong. Uh, they weren't, I mean, per court documents, they weren't wrong, but they were not, they, obviously, the situation had been worked out, and they were wrong in the fact that it was reported. Um, and, and again, yep. I, I reiterate this, I understand, like, as a, 
as a reporter, you you your job is to report good and bad, right? Um, but man, I don't know. For me, journalism, when you start to get into the fabric of people's lives and the just the secrecy or the uh, well, I don't know what I'm trying to say Pri- here the the privacy of people's lives. Yes, thank you. Um, that starts to become an issue. Um, so for me, I, I don't like it. Um, I think there's better things that, and more positive things that can be reported. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree, but it is what it is. They reported it. It, I think it really sucks that they reported it. Um, because now that's out there, and for a while now, everybody's going to speculate about it. You, you put something out there like that, everybody's going to speculate about it. I, I mean, we are speculating. I mean, that's literally what we're doing here on our show because it came out. And if that doesn't come out, we're not discussing that. Yeah. I, I'd rather be discussing other things. But we're discussing a a battle about a name on a court between two people who did good things for LSU. So why does it matter that both their names are on the court? And we're also discussing the fact that a news station is reporting that Brian Kelly is getting a divorce and his kids are on Twitter saying, uh, it's not true. It's just more negative light. So these things like happen and we react to them. And I feel like we don't have to do things and report certain things in the way that we do. And I, I don't know, I, I we drum stuff up way more than it needs to. And we bring stuff up, honestly, that we don't need to as well. And I hate that's what happened, but it is the reality of the situation. Um, I am so tired, though, of getting reports like this. I, I'm just sick of it. I, I, I feel like every, like, month or every ever ever every other quarter some like negative light cast i mean last month or maybe it was the month before that you know we're getting reports about this scandal within the football program and and booty is leaving booty is leaving and and um oh i'm drawing a blank on her name is it destiny wilson destiny wilson and Corey phillips they're all exiting the program and yeah like why are we always talking about this stuff. And there were people who were mentioned in those reports that were not involved. That were not at all. At all. And, and and that hurts their personal life. And I mean, if Destiny Wilson and them were involved, you know, they did what they did. But this report, you know, you go back and look at Destiny Wilson's Twitter. She's like, this is like destroyed me. Like regardless if it happened or not, it's none of our business. Like, it was handled within the football program. If it happened, they removed them. Move on. Like, move on. And, and, and other names get brought up, like Cortez Hankton and and uh, was it J.R. Belton, who are still on the staff. So, like, you know, we're, we're messing with people's personal lives at this point. So, I just yeah. – I'm sick of that continually happening, and I want it to stop. Well, there there is a – in this world, there I and mean, we're getting deep tonight on the LSU on the Tigers Avenue podcast. Uh, in this world, it I don't know why, but there is a desire for like toxicity, and and there is a desire to be petty. I don't I don't know why, but there is a great desire in people's lives <laughs> to do this, and 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 they they love it and they feed off of it. And for me, I I I don't like it. I I don't think it. Because as you said, it is damaging to people's lives. What what is worth a day, a week, a month of some clicks or some popularity when it is potentially damaging people's lives? Yeah. Right? That it's not worth it. No, it's not. It's not. And uh, I think we need to move forward from it, but I, I think everybody knows where we stand on it uh, at this point. We, we think it's ridiculous. Um, just stop reporting on personal things. Let's strive to, as a media 
uh, a, a an area who love the LSU Tigers to report positively about them. Is there going to be negative things that have to be reported? Absolutely. That's just reality. But some of the things are unnecessary. Hey, I want I want more of the stories like we're hearing about Paul Skeens honoring uh, honoring you know our military, and I want more stories of <laughs> Thatcher Heard honoring families in need uh, in Baton Rouge, NIL money, donating his NIL money like that. Those are the stories we we need in the media. Those are more of the stories we need in the media. <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. But anyways, we'll, we'll see how, how it all plays out and, you know, whatever they decide, you know, the board of supervisors uh, at LSU or I, I don't know how the whole process works. They, they've approved it, but it has to go to someone else for a vote. So we'll see how that plays out. And as of right now, I ain't going to say nothing else about Brian Kelly and his family and that whole thing. Um, Respect them. Leave it alone. We respect his privacy, and and I think we should all move forward from that. Um, Zach, more – well, we got a lot of comments, I see. We need to probably get to some comments, Zach. I know there's a bunch of people commenting on the issues and whatnot. Yeah, Tyler uh, said, what's up, guys? Good to have what? Tyler. I, lo- I love having Tyler in here. Tyler, I've never met you, but I really hope – maybe you go to a baseball game or something. I want to meet Tyler. Yeah, Tyler um, in here. Appreciate you. Adrian Parker says the booty thing was made up. Yeah, a lot of it was. Um, Sad. Uh, Ryan said, nobody has respect for people's families. It's not just about LSU, but in society in general. Yes. Very true. What I was, exactly what I was saying. Uh, and prayers for them and the family, if this even is true. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Zach, uh, I think we can move to the next segment. <laughs> uh, we, I mean, what do we care about the Super Bowl? I, I mean, I'm going to watch it. Do we care about it, honestly, though? Do I care enough to make an even prediction about it? Not really. So, I'm going for the Eagles. I hope they beat the Chiefs. Yeah, because they beat the Bengals. Sure. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that. They so, hurt Joey B and put him out. So, I hope I, they I, suffer in misery. I'll say this, and this will be the only thing I say on it. Is I do think the Eagles will win. I think they they're going to beat the Chiefs. Um, so. They got a better defense and their offense is humming right now. Yeah, so that's that. All right, moving on <laughs> to a more important game Sunday. Yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, Zach, this may be game of the year. Uh, it it, so it far, is. It is game of the year. outside of the tournament. This will be the regular game of the season. I mean, got. Um, uh, I have to, it's for sure the game, uh, the the biggest game in the SEC season. Oh, no question. Um, no question. Um, I mean, there was some massive games that have occurred. Uh, Indiana played Iowa last yeah. night and won. Uh, of course, uh, South Carolina played UConn earlier in the season and won. Those are massive games, uh, and the. The pollsters robbed us of one versus two. Oh, wow. uh, I, I think it was a complete slight to LSU and what they have accomplished to leave them at number three while other teams have lost games. And it really needs to be – it really is number one versus number two, in my opinion. Uh, Ryan, Ryan said it should be a one versus two matchup. Completely agree. Yeah, was, yeah. that's what I was about to get to uh, is that is – is it should be one versus two. Yeah. I, I So, Zach, I, I get – so the idea is that it's strength of schedule, right? The the non-conference, which Kim Mulkey commented on this earlier in the year. You know, everybody was like, you know, why is your non-conference schedule so soft? Like, you know, what – She what hasn't are, been able to – she just got in the program. She yeah, exactly. She said, you know, it's my second year, and we just had to, like, you know, remake the team essentially, you know, because we had a veteran team last year of players and she did great with them, you know, and then we had to restart essentially. I think the only returnee that's a contributor at least is Morris. Um, So she was like, you know, we don't even know what we had coming in, like, and how it was all going to play out and, and work. So, we needed a schedule that was going to suit a learning process. 
obviously the team is far better than it, well i wouldn't say far better than expected but are are exceeding maybe the expectations for year 2 um so they did it year 1 they're doing it in year 2 yeah absolutely so and she's like you know once we realize we're that you know we've we've established a program like i, I honestly still think she's just trying to establish a a foundation like because obviously what she's going through right now is what our football program went through, what our men's basketball program is going through, our women's basketball program is going through it. Like a, a restart essentially through the transfer portal, but we want to build our teams off of recruiting classes. And that's mm. going to take a little while. So as that continues to happen, the strength of schedule with non-conference will get better. But guys, we're the only two undefeated teams. It's 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 twenty three and zero. I think versus twenty four and zero or twenty two and zero. That's correct. Twenty four and zero. South Carolina versus twenty three and zero. LSU. Like, come on! Like, are you serious? It's not one versus two. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on who's between us. I know they only have Indiana. One. Indiana. That's right. The, they have the one loss. So, do they deserve to be in the top three? Sure, but come on. Like, we're undefeated, and we're undefeated in conference play, yeah. and we're about to go play South Carolina. Let that decide it. Like, don't any, – anyways. But it's solely based off of the strength of schedule issue. That's all it is, but it is what it is. So, Zach, little preview. What, what, what are your initial thoughts for this game uh, going into it Sunday? Well – I don't know if you watched uh, AYS last night, but I gave a lot of stats that I actually just came up with myself and <coughs> did some did some mathing um, and came up with some stats. Uh, okay. and, and thanks to my thanks to our buddy Kenny for helping me get those stats. Awesome. But um, you know, when we've talked about this, just from an outsider looking in, I have assumed that our bench was deeper than South Carolina's because when you look at the season as a whole, um, LSU is uh, overall in points per game, they are outscoring South Carolina. LSU averages about 87 points per game. South Carolina averages about 82 points per game. And so because of that and and because of, you know, the, the, the difference we have this year in a, a deeper bench, I was thinking, okay, LSU starters are getting there. South Carolina starters are getting in there. And then, you know, once they're pulling away from teams, they're putting in their benches. And their benches, you know, between the benches, that's where we see that difference. Um, and that's why LSU has a greater point margin this season. So I was assuming because of that that we have a deeper bench. Actually, it's quite the opposite once you actually look at the math. <laughs> and, and get really deep into the numbers. So I looked at it, Reagan, and overall in the year, LSU has scored the most points in total. Um, I think it was like 1,918 points for LSU, and for um, South Carolina, it was like 1,800 and something points for them. Um, so LSU overall has outscored. South Carolina on the season. That's why they're averaging, obviously, more points. But when you look at the numbers, South Carolina's bench is outscoring LSU's bench by almost 500 points. Woo! So where are all the points coming from for LSU? It's their starters. LSU's starters are outscoring South Carolina's starters by by almost 500 points. I think right right at it or close to it. Um, It's insane, bro. So the the biggest thing for me in this matchup, A, are they going to be able to handle the hostile environment going on the road? Sold out, bro. In a sold-out, packed arena in South Carolina and Columbus. It's the biggest game of the year. They're going to have to handle their emotions with that. And also, can their bench be able to hold it down whenever the starters are out? Because when South Carolina's start, bench starters come out and the bench comes in, 
That's where most of their production comes from. Most of their production comes from their bench. It's insane. I mean, nine, Reagan, half of their points, half of their total points scored this year come from their bench. Wow. It's insane. So LSU has got a, a tall task ahead of them. Uh, their bench has a massive, massive test this Sunday when they go on the road to South Carolina. Yeah, I, well, I mean, wow, kudos to you to get those numbers. Those are those are great. <laughs> that's, some, that's some good insight into the yeah, game. Yeah, blew my mind because I, I honestly thought LSU <laughs> was deeper. You know, I thought South Carolina starters would, you know, have the edge and then LSU's bench would have the edge because of what I was just seeing as an outsider looking in at the numbers. And then you really dive deep into the numbers. You're like, holy cow, it's LSU starters that have the edge and it's South Carolina's bench that has the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that'll definitely play a huge factor into the game is, is you know, South Carolina sounds like they can stay fresh. Yes. More so than LSU. Um, and, and Zach, to, to bring up another side of the game, uh, the biggest matchup uh, by far, by far, are the two Wooden Award watchlist players, yeah, Aaliyah Boston and Angel Reese. Uh, that is going to be a lot of fun to see. Uh, to be quite honest, uh, I, I don't think Angel Reese is going to be too worried about continuing her double-double streak. Will it be awesome if she does? Absolutely. But I think a win against South Carolina uh, in South Carolina to, pro- to to take the number one spot in the country um, is a little bit more on the forefront of her mind. So I, that will be something to watch for, Zach. This is easily, easily the most hostile environment that they will they will be in all season long. I mean, let's be real, Zach. Other teams have not really expected to have a chance when playing LSU. So when LSU has gone on the road, eh, they're playing in front of some, some really, <laughs> yeah, like a spotty crowd. People's spotty crowds. <clears throat> I mean, I saw what, the Coliseum in Tuscaloosa looked like when the boys were playing compared to when LSU women's were playing. A massive difference. Massive difference. I mean, LSU is going to walk into uh, on Sunday what Tennessee walked into on Monday. On that one, was it Monday? That one. Uh, Monday? I think it was a Monday night. Yeah, when Tennessee played in Baton Rouge. That's yeah, what on Monday night. Into it is this game has been sold out for like three weeks or more. Yeah, like this is by far going to be the biggest crowd that they're going to play in front of, the most hostile crowd they're going to play in front of all year long. How will they handle it? I mean, all year long, the big crowds that they've been at, you know, in front of has been their own team, like their own fans, they've been on their side. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how they handle a very, very, very hostile environment Sunday in South Carolina. I I really think, Zach, you know, I, I brought this up to kind of discuss this a little bit. I said the biggest matchup is Aaliyah Boston against Angel Reese. I am curious, will LaDaisia Williams be matched against Aaliyah Boston rather than Angel Reese. Because to be completely honest, LaDaisia is your best defender on the court. Yes. uh, By far. And she's an inch taller than Angel is. So what do you make of that? Do you you think it'll be LaDaisia? Yeah, I mean, obviously Aaliyah Boston is their best player, and you want your best defender on their best player. I think it would be very smart of Kim to – make that match up. Um, and then if you do that, you know, we'll see what how they set up on defense. Um, maybe Aaliyah ends up guarding LaDasia. And if that if that's the case, then, you know, I really like Angel's chance of who she matches up. I do want to make a point because you brought up that matchup. 
and we've mentioned this, sometimes it feels like Angel Reese is pushing um, and trying to do too much with sure something that's not there. Um, she has to be extremely careful in this game of doing that because of the situation. I mean, there's a lot riding on the line. Obviously, uh, there's going to be a lot of emotions coming into this game. It's going to be – it's obviously hyped up. Um, so, you know, she's going to have, you know, uh, and we know, you know, she, we love her passion and for the game. I mean, she Absolutely. has a massive passion for the game. Absolutely. She has an awesome drive, but sometimes that can hurt you because you can push and do things that aren't smart basketball plays and aren't playing to, to the system. So, um, you know, that's just something that we need to watch for as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Zach. So I, I want to get your prediction uh, and then we will get to some comments and then we need to move forward to our last segment here. We're kind of behind on time. So what is your prediction for South Carolina? Oh, gosh, man. I honestly don't know. I've been saying that I, I feel like you know, South Carolina is going to win. Um, I want to go with the Tigers because they have they've played so well this season and they have, you know, obviously exceeded expectations. Um, and I, I said it on Blake's show the other night that this was, you know, this is going to show us whether or not LSU can hang with the big dogs. I mean, we're gonna quickly find out, even if they lose, if it's a close competitive matchup, then, you know, I'm happy going away because I know that LSU will be able to compete in the tournament against the big dogs. So I'm interested to see how, how the game goes and how well they compete. Do I believe they can win? Yes. I, I, I fully believe that they can win this game. Um, but really it's going to come down to the bench as we've discussed. Um, I think South Carolina has an edge here because of it being on their home court. Um, I'm going to pick LSU to win, though, just because I want to. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, the, since you did that, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take South Carolina. I, as much as I hate to do it, um, I just think they're a little bit more established than LSU is. Uh, it's going to be the first true road test yeah. for the Tigers this year. Uh, I think it does affect them a little bit. Um, I think it's a close game. I do think it's a close game. Uh, but I think Don Staley having the program the way they have for several years now uh, are going to get it done uh, against the Tigers. I hope that I'm wrong. I'm pulling for the Tigers, obviously. But mm-hmm. as my prediction <laughs> – based on everything analytically. Well, hey, Ryan gave, gave yeah. us some uh, good good uh, notes here. He said, stay out yeah. of foul trouble, make a high – and make high percentage uh, – make a high percentage of free throws. I'm with him there because LSU struggle with free throws. The other thing is don't turn the ball over because they have had some issues turning the ball over here as of late. Um, he also predicts LSU wins 64-61. to okay. Now, I do want to ask you this, Reagan. How much does the entire week off – affect you know their their play and obviously South Carolina just played last night I mean I know it wasn't really much of a game they dominated but they still had to get ready for that game prepare for that game play that game go through the physical and, and mental you know just drainage of that game but you know how much does it affect does it affect it at all uh I don't know if it does I don't I don't really think it does I think bye weeks, I think, are are more crucial for a very physical contact sport like football. Yeah. Um, In terms of basketball, I I don't know if it affects it as much. I'm sure it does in some way. I'm sure it does. Uh, Because you have a routine and and you're in a flow when when you're not, you know, on bye week. Maybe, Maybe there's a little lag from the bye week. We'll see. Maybe there's a boost from the bye week. We'll see. So I, I don't you're know. You're going South Carolina. We'll say, say it again. But you're going with South Carolina. I am going with South Carolina. Per Ryan. 
That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> okay, I, I deserve it. I, I want to pick the Tigers, but if I'm going to make a prediction and be true to myself, I really do think South Carolina is going to win. But I hope they don't. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. So, all right, Zach, is that all the comments, or is there more we need to get to? No, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back to discuss the lineup Bad for LSU baseball in the 2023 season. We'll be back right after this. Five-star hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all of his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram, at Saints Anthem, and at Twitter, at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. All right, right back at it. Zach, this week in the baseball preview, doing the batting order. So we've covered outfield, infield, traders, tomatoes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I know. And you can boo me all. Look, I, I will be, you can gladly throw tomatoes at me and boo <laughs> me all day long if they beat on Sunday. You can rag me. You can drag my name through the mud. And I'll do, I'll be right there doing it with you. Okay. I will shame myself. And, and, you know, I'll be super happy the Tigers won, though. <clears throat> All right, so we've covered the outfield. We've covered the infield. Next week we'll cover catchers, pitchers. Really looking forward to having Danui on. Zach, I, I mean, again, I, I just have to give him a little promo. Uh, you got to go follow uh, Zach. You, you say the name. You always do. 60-foot, <laughs> 6-inch LSU pod. You got There you go. Uh, go follow him. He's he's at the scrimmages. He's watching the games. Yes, definitely. Um, he, he's giving you insight. Little tidbit tonight from Demui Zach. He said we might have seen the potential lineup in the field tonight. Uh, all of the usual suspects that you have, you would you would uh, expect the three positions. He said. The three positions. At your second and other outfield position. And the other outfield, they had Paxton Kling in right. They had Jack Merrifield at second. Mm -hmm. And they had Malazzo behind the dish. Potential starting lineup was out there tonight. So go check out Demui's Twitter for some information like that. So, Zach, batting order. What are we thinking in terms of how he's going to put a loaded, a loaded batting order like this year. To get, how's how's it going to play out, dude? I'm having a, I'm honestly having a struggle with this. I, I think honestly, like five through eight, I'm going to need some help with, because <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't, I think the catcher, whoever the catcher is, will probably be sitting at um, the nine the nine hole. Um, Maybe you put them at the eight or the seven hole and and try to get somebody better in the nine hole to flip over the rotation. But we're going to see. I have contemplated whether or not I want to see Dylan Cruz lead off. Uh, I I am – I'm having trouble because I just – you really love what Dylan can do, you know, behind the plate. Um, obviously he can go yard. Obviously he is a, you know, just phenomenal hitter. So, you know, do you want him somewhere in the three or the four hole or do you want him at leadoff? Um, ultimately what I've decided is, you know, it's just going to be his last year. I think he needs to hit in the three or the four hole. Um, I think you lead off with somebody like Josh Pearson. Um, I think Josh Pearson would be a good leadoff spot. Then you, you know, go. Then you go to second, I, you know, somebody like Trey Morgan, um, maybe Jordan Thompson, maybe. I have a feeling Jordan Thompson will be more later down in the lineup, probably like five, six, seven. Um, 
obviously, I think the DH, whoever the DH is, I think it's going to be, if the DH is Brain Joe Bear, Paul Skeens, they're going to hit in the four or the three hole. Um, you know, so other than that, Reagan, I honestly do need your help. Like, okay. Cause, okay. cause I honestly don't really know. So why don't you give <laughs> me your lineup and then maybe I will, you know, based off your lineup, I'll either say, yeah, I agree with that. Or ah, I can see this okay. going this way. So, so I'm really kind of going a, a different direction. Okay. Uh, I, I got Dylan Cruz lead off. Hey, like I said, I, either way, I'm having a I'm having a hard time deciding. I have got Dylan Cruz as as the leadoff, just solely because number one, he can get on base, or number two, he can open your game up. I mean, with a score immediately. I, I mean, we know he can go yard at any moment. Dylan Cruz is my leadoff guy because he can start your game with, with giving you the lead, um, or or at least getting on base. You know, I, I think he is a an amazing uh, leadoff hitter. Now, if we didn't have some guys like like last year, I I, I liked Dylan Cruz as the leadoff, but not as much last year. This year, with the power we have uh, and the batting order that we're going to have this year, yeah. put Dylan Cruz at, at, at one. I got Trey Morgan too. I agree with you there. 100%. I got Trey Morgan too. Uh, Dylan Cruz can lead your game off with a home run, and then Trey Morgan can come right behind him and slap an opposite field base hit because I, I think he hits opposite field more than he does pull. Which and, then, I, and then you're uh, sitting at one and three at first and third, no outs. <laughs> exactly. So I, I got I got Trey Morgan two. Um, hmm. Who's the three spot? I think I think Tommy White is going to be in in the three or four spot. That, well. that my question is because the DH is going to change this year. I don't think we're going to have a very consistent. Well, I think we will have a consistent DH, but I think it's going to be a few different guys like yeah. Joe Air, uh, Paul Skeens, Peloso, Peloso, maybe Gavin, Gavin Dugas, Dugas. a little yeah. bit. Maybe Gavin Dugas gets in there a little bit. Um, if it's Paul Skeens, I'm going. If it's oh man, if it's Paul Skeens, I'm putting him. Oh man, I told you. Yeah, bro. Paul Skeens, I'm going four. Yeah, I would too. Going three. So we got Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan, Tommy White, Paul Skeens. If it's Joe Bear, I'm going to go Joe Bear four. Tommy, or I'd put Joe Bear at four too. Uh, Joe Bear, yeah. Let's just go Tommy White three. I think Tommy White's a three hole hitter. I, I, I'm okay with that. So, I mean, literally, DH is going to be. I, th I think DH you put in the cleanup spot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I can now if it's Beloso, then maybe I go somewhere different. Okay. Right now, I'll say our DH, probably mostly Paul Skeens, Joe Bear. Um, I'm going to go four, Tommy White, three. Five, I'm going Josh Pearson. I, I like what Josh Pearson does. I think he keeps the bat, the batting lineup moving. I'm good with that. I think maybe Josh Pearson maybe gets a look at leadoff if Dylan does not. I could also see uh, Josh in the three-hole. I could – I would consider also putting Josh down like low seven just to have someone to keep the lineup moving, which I think this lineup can keep moving. It'll keep moving. Um, so I got I got Josh Pearson uh, batting fifth. I think Paxton Kling is going um, is going to be our second baseman. Uh, so I have him. You mean you're our right fielder or our, our other outfielder? What, what Paxton, you said Paxton Clean. Oh, Paxton Clean. I think Paxton Clean is going to be uh, our other our other outfielder, whether it's left or right. Uh, I, I think he's going to be. Let's see. I got Josh in the fifth right. I think yeah. Pax, you're six. Um, where am I? Gordon missing? Thompson at seven. 
Um, what else am I missing? Catcher. Catcher. And second. second and Jordan Thompson. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go second base. Jack Merrifield uh, at seven. Jordan Thompson, eight. Catcher, nine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think you, you're um, – mm. I think – I honestly think, though, that six through nine could be f- really flexible, uh, like flip-flopping yeah. them. You sure. know, whether it's, hey, <clears throat> let's try and get something a little bit later in the lineup to help turn it over, um, or you just go straight, here's our lineup, we're going to end on our worst hitter, you know. <laughs> Uh, I think either – like, I could see Thompson hitting six. I could see him hitting seventh, eighth. I could see him hitting ninth, honestly. Because Thompson is a great nine-hole hitter. Yeah. Yeah, he would be. He'd be a great nine-hole hitter. He would be. So, mm, I may change that up a little. So, I got Dylan Cruz lead off, Trey second, uh, Tommy White, DH cleanup, Skeens, Joe Bear. I had. Josh Pearson at five, right? Yeah. Mm. I may move. I'm going to move Jack Merrifield, second baseman, to five. Uh, six, clean. Seven, Josh Pearson. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm going to put Pearson at six, clean seven. Uh, Thompson, eight, catcher, nine. Yeah, I like. All that. right, I've, I've now that we've talked about it, I've, I've I've decided. Go ahead. Pearson at leadoff. Okay. Trey at second. Cruz at third. White at cleanup. DH at fifth. Wow, that yeah, that's yeah. DH at fifth. <coughs> Maryfield at sixth. No, I'm sorry. Kling at six. Maryfield at seventh. Who am I missing? I'm missing uh, Thompson. Pearson. No, Ketcher and Thompson. Pearson's your leadoff. Yeah, sorry. You're missing Um, Jordan Thompson and Ketcher. Ketcher at eight, Jordan Thompson at ninth. Okay. Okay. I I, I really like the idea of – oh, hey, look. and uh, I was looking at these. Look, Tyler agrees with me. Thompson, yeah. and I really like the idea of Jordan Thompson in the, in the nine hole. So, yeah, that's it. I got it. Back. Here's the thing. Here's why I put Thompson at eight. Because if it's Brady Neal, Brady Neal at nine is dangerous. It is is a home run threat and could flip your lineup over probably just as good as Thompson could. If it's Brady Neal, I. If it's, if it's Brady Neal, I think Brady Neal would be higher in the line. Malazzo, it's not the ninth. Malo, if Malazzo's in, he's 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 ninth or eighth. Which I'm Which perfectly fine at keeping Brady Neal at the nine hole. That that's why I like the catcher either way at nine, because I think Brady Neal can at the nine spot give you power and the ability to flip the line. I get that. I, I'm sticking with Thompson at nine, bro. I like it. Josh one, Trey two, Cruz three, White four. DH five, clean six, Maryfield seventh, catcher at eight, Thompson at nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm happy with it. And my final was uh my final was Cruz, Cruz. Leader, Morgan, White, DH, DH, Skeens or Joe Bear. I had Maryfield five, Pearson six, I had Clean seven, um Thompson. Eight. Eight, eight, your nine. Yeah, yeah. There's our there's our predictions. Our, our, <laughs> I, I just, honestly, Zach, you know, I don't care if I'm right or wrong. Yeah, like, it's this dangerous. Is very flexible, and and you can go a lot of different ways with this lineup. I, I mean, you really can. Uh, I think they're going to tinker with it to find out, you know, oh, what absolutely. you know what's the best way to keep us hot and keep us going. Absolutely, I, I, I agree. Um, you, <coughs> you, you have a lot of options. 
Uh, and, and of course, different people could enter the lineup, and that could change yes. the way that you you look at. It. If Ben Lapolt is your second baseman, if lead Ben off. is your second baseman, lead off. He could be your leadoff, yes. or he could very easily be your three because the on base percentage is so high. Then you put a cleanup guy behind him. Then you're looking at a guy who can get on base and then have someone behind him who can put the ball out of the park. Yeah. So, you know, that's going to fluctuate depending on who who is. So this is this is the plethora of riches that LSU had <laughs> this year. That this lineup can look multiple ways, and, and yeah. I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited. Let me tell that. you, Reagan. I, look, this season, if you're not an LSU baseball fan or you haven't been watching LSU baseball, this is the season to start. Look, I got a, I got a buddy of mine. Uh, his name's Noah. He's an LSU fan, and he hasn't really watched LSU baseball. I'm Shame. gonna get him. He's gonna be watching some LSU Shame. baseball with me this season. Shame on him. I know. I know. It's okay. We're we're gonna we're gonna fully fully uh in, immerse him into LSU baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Indeed. so before we end, I do got to ask this. So we've talked about lineup, but in regards to the lineup. You know, what do you want to see out of this lineup this year? You know, there was some issues with – because, you know, we didn't really steal bases a lot this past year. Um, we didn't bunt a whole lot this past year. Um, I mean, this is a very – like it was last year, it looks to be a very gorilla ball, gorilla ball type lineup. Do you want to see that kind of be more complex this year? Uh, you know, I always hated when when Paul Maneri would play the small ball because I feel like he always – I feel like there's a place for it, but I feel like Maneri overplayed small ball sometimes, so I kind of got sick of it every now and then. So I'm okay with how we've been playing it lately. I would like to see the bases stolen a little bit more. I think that had to do with injury last year. I, I mean, I yeah. think Trey Morgan was hurt. Trey Morgan was hurt. Like, so I, I think we see more of it this year. I, I really do. Um, so, but I do want to see more stealing. In terms of bunting, I'm okay with, like, if you got a guy, second base. No outs. Buddy mode. Sacrifice like, I, him over. I'm fine with that. Um, I, You know, especially if you got, like, a speedy guy up to the plate, sure, go for it. Um, But, anyway, I, so – in terms of bunting, I don't care. But stealing, I do want to see a little bit more of. But I do want to see consistent bottom half production. I want to see bottom half production. Yeah. So, question. Does this LSU team break the 1997 home run record? What is the record again? Remind me. It's 100 and... Oh, gosh. Now you put me on the spot. It's 184? Or is that way too much? Well, I'm looking at it now. It's a hundred. It's a it's a large number. Somebody may know if y'all know. Throw it in the comments. Put it in the comments. This is a shame that we don't know this off the top of our head. 188 home runs. Oh man, I was four off. I said 184. 188. 188. Yeah. Mm, I'm you play. You play. How many games in the regular season? 42. Woo. Isn't it 42 games in the regular season? I believe so. 88 divided by 42. We're doing math tonight. I don't think it's happening. That is average. 188 home runs. Are you see that is averaging almost four and a half home runs a game? 1990, 1997. There were some dogs. There's some dogs out there. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. All right, yeah, that's that's gonna be really tough. That's averaging four and a half home runs a game. That's that seems almost impossible. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I I would love to say we have the potential, but I don't. I don't think I don't foresee that happening. I just don't. So hey, it was, it was worth the question. Well, there's our lineup, our our lineup predictions. Uh, again, I think both of us would agree that there's this is flexible and we could see it in many different ways. Um, Guys, the movie is going to be on with us next week to discuss pitching. Please be here for that. It's going to be opening day, opening so day. at noon. And 
Demui is going to be on the show. Guys, I promise you, you want to hear Demui's insight. You're going to love it. So be here for that show uh, to hear that. Um, we're going to hit Zach. You got something? We're also launching the LSU yes. 2023 hype video. Yes. The hype video. Be here for it. Be here for it. It's going to be an awesome show. Really looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Uh, and wait. Opening day. I, mean, I cannot wow. wait. Opening uh, day. The movie's coming on the show, and we're launching the hype video. It's going to be great. Y'all share it. Tell everybody about it. We want y'all here Friday at noon. If you can't be here Friday at noon, then watch it later that night. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Tigers Avenue for daily updates on the show and all things LSU sports. If you're watching on YouTube, Make sure to click off and hit that subscribe button at Tigers Avenue. We broadcast all of our shows live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, guys, we're back to wrap things up here. It's been a great show here tonight in the Tigers Avenue. We appreciate all y'all commenting and interacting. Y'all been great tonight. Thank you, Ryan, as always. Tyler, uh, AD, if I forgot anybody, please forgive me. Uh, you know, we appreciate all y'all. Always a great time hanging out with you guys, discussing LSU. Really pumped for next weekend uh, and opening weekend for the LSU baseball team. So, y'all join in Friday at noon. Looking forward to Sunday as well. Hopefully the Tigers can pull it off in South Carolina, in Columbia, excuse me, uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Really looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be great. More important than the Super Bowl, obviously, because the Bengals aren't playing and the Saints aren't playing. So none of us really care about the Super Bowl. We care about what's going on with Kim Mulkey and the Lady Tigers. So appreciate all y'all joining in. Y'all have a good night. We'll catch you now, next time. Five Star Hero, take us out. Peace.